I Surrender Church family. Today, we're going to study a list of really bad things, 11 really bad things, self-produced uh, works. And we're going to see why it's the most natural thing in the world for a Christian to put these things to death. Last week, we learned how to do this. Let me recap it for you. The only way for us to kill the self-life is to daily live in the resurrection life of Jesus, to let his life indwell us and to walk in it through humility and faith. He does the killing for you. He takes away the power of the old life. He provides a better new life, a resurrection life in our souls. And as we simply agree with him, trust him, put our hope in him, turning to him, we naturally will be turning away from all the old life, the flesh life, the self life that we're going to study here today. We are going to see a specific list of things that cannot exist with the resurrection life of Jesus. Let me clarify one thing. You are going to see these things in your life, unless you're way more holy than me. It doesn't mean that you're not saved or that you're not a Christian. It will, however, show us just how much we need Jesus every day. We need his resurrection life. We need him to forgive us. We need him to help us. We need his resurrection life. When we choose these things over the resurrection life of Jesus that's inside us, what's going to happen is there's going to be a dissonance. There's going to be a discord. There's going to be a bad vibe going on inside us. It's like a life frequency we're not supposed to hear with our hearts. And if we live with this bad list in our life, we're never going to experience the peace that God intends, the life that God intends for us to experience and enjoy that resurrection life that we've been promised. So it's going to be very helpful for us to have a list of all these really bad things that do not match our life that he's given us. Let's take a look at the kill list. Colossians 3, 5 through 11. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth, and do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. 
where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Let's break that into sections. First, I'm going to take those list of 11 bad things that we're going to look at, and I'm going to take those out, and we'll look at those in a minute. So just kind of set those on the shelf for now. This is what's left. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Let me explain these parts first. We're going to reject this bad list of things and behaviors because God hates them. Wow. Harsh, right? I thought God was a God of love. Well, he is. And because of that, he has to stand up against all the wrongs of this world and all the, all the things that threaten his loving plan for his people. But I don't see him doing anything about all the bad people in the world. I mean, have you watched all these terrible cult documentaries on Netflix? It says here, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience. Just wait. Be patient. He is giving people time to repent, but he will take care of it. God is keeping receipts. Why does it say he has wrath? Because they keep wrecking his world. They keep distorting his vision. They keep trashing his good plan. They keep hurting his beloved people. That's what gets him angry. He calls the wicked sons of disobedience. This is amazing because it stands in contrast to what the first two and a half chapters have spoken to us, which is that we are called the sons of God. Sons of disobedience always want to rebel. They never want to do God's will because their spiritual father is the devil. And he kind of took that fatherly role from Adam in the Garden of Eden when Adam chose to rebel like Satan. Adam chose to follow him instead of follow God. But sons of God love their father. They know his love and they choose to do his will freely because they love him. He has planted his will in our hearts and it grows there. Then our text says, since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of uh, him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all in all. Now that we are sons of God, we put off those old things, and we put on the new things. We put off the old man that opposed God's will and did whatever the flesh wanted, and we put on the new man that wants to serve God and do God's will. Imagine getting a new jersey for your new favorite team. You take off the old one because you don't like that team anymore, and you don't identify with them anymore, and you put on the new jersey to represent your fandom, your worship, maybe, of the new team that you're a fan of. 
This is kind of what it means to be a new creation, to have a new identity. The old sinful life is dead, you know, completely passed away. And the new life that we have is completely different. You know, it's from a different source. Jesus has renewed, it says, our knowledge, which means he has changed the way that we think. And, and that springs up from the inside out. It's not someone telling you, you have to think this way. It's, it's something that he does from our very heart, changing how, how that leads our mind to think. Paul says here that your race or religion doesn't matter. He, that's when he references uh, that there's neither Greek nor Jew. He says your legalistic performance doesn't matter. When he said it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or uncircumcised, no matter how good you are at keeping the rules or looking right or looking the right part, you know, being, uh, you know, nice looking or a good person, that doesn't matter in God's economy. Your past identity makes no difference. He references a barbarian, a Scythian, a slave, or free. All of these were different identities that people had that would maybe keep them away from God. But God says, none of it matters anymore. None of it matters because Jesus is all in all. Remember that image of the sap flowing through the tree that we studied last week? The sap flows in the tree, flows up the, the trunk and out to the branches, bringing that new life. And the old leaves, they shrivel up and fall dead off the tree uh, because the new life that's in the tree is pushing them out. And that's how our new identity and our new life with Jesus works. He saves us, then he fills us with his own life. He forgives us, and then he conforms us to his will. All of our old ways of defining our identity, what success was, what life was all about, they're all done away with. And life is now all about Jesus. We simply put on Jesus. It's that simple. What jersey are you wearing? You're wearing a Jesus jersey. So represent. Don't act like you're a Satan fan when you're on Team Jesus. You're cheering for the wrong team. Okay, so now let's dive into the kill list. This is the list of things that oppose God. Things that oppose what God loves. Things that uh, oppose what Jesus cares about. So it's also a list of things that oppose what you are really all about as a son of God, as a child of God. It's a list that defines sons of disobedience, not you. Here we go. Let's go through this list together. Fornication. We're going to kill that. This is sexual immorality of any type. You know, anything other than what God intended to bless us with. A faithful, loving marriage is the house that right sexuality lives in. Why is this opposed to God? Why is fornication opposed to God? Because even though it's a good gift, it can deeply hurt people when it's not used properly. It's like fire. Fire is great when you use it the right way, but you can get burned when you don't. That's why God has taught us to place sexuality within marriage that he has given us. Uncleanness. Gotta kill that. This is impurity. This is mixing our lives with things that aren't okay. And my best illustration I've ever come up with is perfect for this, and that is that of 
poop cookies. If someone was making you cookies and they said, these are wonderful, delicious cookies, and they only have just a tiny little bit of poop in them, would you be excited to eat those cookies? Would you even touch those cookies? Or would you kick those people out of your house as far and as fast as you could? Oh, how's this good as always, man? I'm glad you like it. Why is this opposed to God? Because God is pure and God desires purity for our lives. Because we are to be like him. Passion. Gotta kill that. This is another word for lust. Why is this opposed to God? Well, because God is love and he never has a selfish motive. He's a giver and not a taker. Evil desires. Gotta kill that. This is anything that's not holy. Why is this opposed to God? Because God is holy. He has a will that is always good and always right and never evil. Uh, duh. Covetousness. Gotta kill it. This is greed. This is wanting what other people have. Why is this opposed to God? Because he gives. He doesn't need anything to be satisfied. He's the source of all life and all satisfaction. Anger. Kill it. This is anger. Why is this opposed to God? Well, he actually does get angry, but he does it for the right reasons. Not like us. We get angry for selfish reasons, and that's what we're talking about here. Wrath. Kill it. This is losing your temper or fits of rage. Why is this opposed to God? Because he's patient. He's kind. His character is gentle and lowly. He doesn't respond that way. Malice. Kill it. These are bad feelings towards others. Why is this opposed to God? Because God desires the good of all. He loves all his people he's ever created, and he desires the best for them. And he's willing to do anything possible to make peace and to show love even to his enemies. Blasphemy. Let's kill it. This is slandering others, saying mean things. Why is this opposed to God? Just look at Jesus. Lots of love, full of love. Filthy language has gotta die. This is abusive speech or saying shameful things. Why is this opposed to God? Because God uses words to build people up, not tear them down. To bring truth, not lies. Which brings us to our last one, lying. Kill it. Why is this opposed to God? Because he never lies. And in fact, he calls himself the truth. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So that's the kill list. These things are not your identity. Your identity is your relationship with Jesus. That's it. Maybe you've been wearing the wrong jersey from the team that you're on. Take off that old jersey Throw it in the trash. Burn it for all I care. Live your new life, your resurrection life, where Jesus lives through you and our lives are about him and from him. Seek him daily. Live your new life, your resurrection life. Oh, last thing. Next week, we're going to study a new list of what that resurrection life looks like. I love you guys. Let's get into our discussions. God bless you. Let's go.